You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag Stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. We are diving deep into season three. We had a fantastic episode last week. If you didn't get a chance to listen to Fritzberger, uh, give us a bit of a recap of what 2022 had and what we see coming in 2023. But I think this this next direction we're going in for this season is going to be fantastic. We've got a return guest who I think uh, brings some of the deepest knowledge that we have on our team to the veterinary space and really excited to to listen to what Steve has to say. Ivan, I'll, I'll hand it to you to introduce Steve again and, and go from there. All right. Well, exciting episode. So uh, reintroducing Steve. Steve is our uh, vice president of field operations. He's in charge of everything that's going on in the hospitals. And uh, he served as director of operations and vice president of operations at Pet Vet Care Centers from 2016 to 2021. Previously, Steve held position of field director Arizona West uh, while working at Benfield Pet Hospitals. He completed his Lean Sigma Green Belt and Master in Organizational Management from University of Phoenix. Additionally, Steve received a Bachelor of Science in Political Science from Kansas State University. Steve, welcome back. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here again. Had a lot of fun last time. I'm looking forward to our chat. So we wanted to talk about something that we are working on right now. So one thing, you know, in Galaxy, one thing is to talk about employee ownership and say, hey, you have shares in the company. Now you are the owner. And as it turns out, the 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 question is, what's next uh, that doesn't magically convert people into acting like the founder of the business or the owner of the business and this is the predicament that then uh, we discovered through at, at least we have a lot of help from the national center of employee ownership so there are components to it other than just saying hey you're the owner now because that seemed not to change anything so what what are the components what do you need to do to actually drive the culture of employee ownership rather than just say that you have it sure i think that's a fantastic lead in that i think uh, it from my seat, I think there are three main points. Uh, we've done a, uh, we're doing a good job tying it into what we call our cultural integration package. Uh, one of business acumen, it starts with that. How do you tick and tie uh, employee ownership to results, things that you can measure? Uh, it, we've seen in, in a lot of the veterinary hospitals that there is a, a bit of a disconnect between the metrics or the numbers to what we do every day in a hospital. And business acumen helps to, to connect that piece up to where we can see, you know, taking away words of performance, but it's, it's the result of an action is, is uh, what we're looking for. And to, to try to really get our employees, again, to understand that relationship. And on the next level, once they understand how the base levers interact with each other, is how does that tie to a stock price, as an example, uh, to where they can, there will be an immediate effect, kind of a cause and effect relationship. If I do this, I can see the result should be this. So we're putting, we have that package put together, uh, looking forward to rolling that out in our hospitals. I think the second one, and probably uh, just as important, if not more important, it's, it's the classic, what we do matters, right? Uh, and that's that 
after they understand from a, from a, a measurement perspective, how do they understand it intrinsically? How can I do something? And when I do something, this is the effect that it has. When they can tie that intrinsic piece to me, when I look at it, to the measurement piece, then it comes into the third piece. Now, how do I enact that? And how I enact things that matter, that drives results, is through idea generation. That's fantastic. And, uh, there's a fascinating... No, that's awesome. So three components, and, and I want to dive into each one of them. So number one, giving them the basic education on, on uh, the business. Number two is uh, letting them implement things that will have an effect on those numbers. And then three, the mechanism of how do you actually do that? So bringing it all together through idea generation and the mechanism of what we call idea portal. So let, let's dive into one at a time. So um, I don't think that it's a secret to anybody that uh, uh, not just veterinarians, but CSRs, technicians, uh, you know, anybody who's working on the floor hate business. <laughs> they just hate hearing the numbers, EBITDA, revenue. I, I'm here to treat pets. I don't care about your numbers here. So what is that just this sort of basic information that we need to provide to these people that they understand at least enough to then, then when they hear or when they aim some changes that they can do at the place where they work? That, that they will stick with them? What do we choose to uh, to explain to them? Like one or two things that are coming from the business side of things. Yeah, I, I think one of the most important pieces is to educate all of our employees that there is a direct link between financial health and as an example, pet health or uh, you know the quality of medicine that we practice in a hospital and to understand that relationship. Uh, it, it's a, to, we use the phrase gold standard care. It, you know, it, it's, it's, very common phrase in our industry to provide to be able to provide gold standard care in a hospital. We need to be have a gold standard financial health. Uh, they go hand in hand. Yeah, I could give a, a lot of actual physical examples. It's a you know, we know that the capital it takes to to uh, outfit a hospital is very high to to be able to afford this. These, you know, an ultrasound or the digital X-ray, et cetera. Uh, it, it takes a, a significant investment. So how do we educate our employees? How do we fund gold standard care? So that's one way I found that was really effective is uh, basically, again, tying it together that financial health equ equals gold standard care and gold standard care needs financial health. Uh, business acumen can help as we educate our employees of that relationship. Business acumen can help with that uh, very simple equation. When you're When you're talking about the capital needs and the, you know, the price point, and the cost of things within the clinic. Do you think it's important to be, you know, transparent or talk about those sort of things when people discuss, oh man, I wish we had a new this or a new x-ray machine or, oh, why don't we get an upgraded table that I saw at, at BMX or WVC last week or anything like that? Is it something that, hey, this is what the, we need the ROI to be? How do you think that that can be communicated in a way that's yeah. tangible and accessible? Mm -hmm. I think uh, I can give a, a, a real life example on that one that's going on in one of our hospitals. We have one of our uh, doctors who really wanted to become more proficient in ultrasound. So fantastic idea. It serves many purposes, not only intrinsic development for the doctor, uh, but also it, it opens up new services that we can provide to clients and their pets, right? So the ROI behind uh, that would be that 
how can we put together a, a, a package or a suite of services that we can offer, set the price points for it. Uh, so that's an example of a real life ROI for me that you're increasing the quality of care we're providing to our pets and which drives client experience, but we're also increasing the intrinsic benefit to one of our doctors by helping them get some training that they were wanting. So to me, that's how you do it is, is uh, you don't just come out and say, hey, the unit costs X amount of dollars and we need to generate X to do it. You, you put it in, come down to a more base level uh, and you kind of using, again, tying the three pieces together, acumen, what matters and idea generation to come back and say, what do you suggest? You know, let's come up with a suite of services. You tell me what you're comfortable doing, how we can outline it, how you present them in the rooms, how we price it. So to me, that's a, a classic real world example. That's awesome. So so what we bring to, to the clinics is a very basic education because you can't go into, you know, COGS, EBITDA and, you know, but I think that it's it's simple enough to explain and that's how we explain it to our folks is that there is money that's coming in and usually that's what everybody sees so when you're on the floor and the technician you're like oh that surgery was four and a half thousand dollars that's what doctors put in their pockets uh which is not necessarily true but that's what it looks like on the surface because it's hard to understand that there's also expenses so there's two things there's money coming in the bank and then there's money coming out of the bank to facilitate all of this surgery let's say that we're calling four and a half thousand dollars but the cool thing at galaxy is that then what's the difference between the revenue and expenses is really the margin that that forms that share value and i think that this is where we're forming that connection for everybody in the company because everybody is a shareholder through our esop then that means that whatever we generate in between then that what becomes that wealth that we generate over the years of of working in galaxy and improving galaxy share price and i think that that's where where the magic comes right. in then you can start thinking okay what do we do to increase revenue what do we do to decrease expenses and then how our share price becomes uh becomes more valuable so from that let's let's transition then to the um feeling of what i can do in my workplace matters so I know that, uh, so my favorite example was, and we, we're bringing this sort of from my learnings in, in lean and in the hospital. So it's not all about the money. It's not all about the efficiency, but you need to give direction to people, which does come from that financial uh, acumen, but you want to see that also uh, that the organization caring not only about those two things, but also about customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction. So you can give direction to people to look for the opportunities in their workplace um, uh, for all of those sections of what we care about. And if you're an organization that cares not only about money, then there's a bigger spectrum. So, so my favorite example at, uh, was at Boston General Hospital where, where there was the nurse um, that came out with this idea, the emergency department. I think I told this story many times, but in emergency department, there was a sign that said, don't void before seeing a doctor. And then, uh, and then everybody would go to the bathroom pee, and then they don't have a urine sample. So, uh, so there was a non-English speaking nurse that came, you know, an, an immigrant, and then she said, maybe people like myself don't know what void means. She said, what if we replace it and say, don't pee before you see a doctor? And then they changed the sign, and everybody <laughs> understood that, and and basically they were collecting the urine sample for the initial uh, diagnostics. So, so, but she was. 
She was excited that she made a change, suggested the change. It was taken seriously by management and then it radically changed the outcome. So that was a great example to me that what you change in your place of work, you're the only one who knows exactly what's going on there. It's not the management somewhere in the headquarters. It's not the manager of the hospital even because they don't spend every day and time doing the surgery, cleaning teeth or folding the surgical packs. Where are those areas of opportunity? It's really the, the, the frontline people that are doing the work that have those ideas. So Steve, what are those things that, for example, let's say technicians or CSRs or doctors that can bring in the ideas that not necessarily address the financial picture, but what have you seen as ideas or, or what do you think could be the ideas that people can, it just can get the, the sort of the brain going and thinking in the places where they work? Sure. That's a great one. I think uh, you know, I'll tie it back to the, you know, the book ideas are free. And something, one of the things that was in the book, one of the paradigms was out of a, out of one idea, many ideas can come out of it, right? And so the key for a, a leader is a, you, know, we, you can't stifle the, the thought of idea generation. In one of our hospitals, we rolled out a major initiative around workflow optimization. And one of the observations that was made from within that team was uh, uh, how the tech assistants were being used versus the licensed technicians. And uh, they're the ones that came up with the idea that there was some alternative training that we could be doing with the tech, the, the, the veterinary assistants to, to elevate their skills so they could cross-function and come over and help in other areas. This wasn't something that us as leaders came up with, and it really doesn't necessarily drive straight to a financial gain. But what it did is it, 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 this secondary idea to a larger idea that came from them improves the efficiency in the hospital. And again, uh, that intrinsic desire of all of us where we want to learn and grow. So I think that's an example uh, to where um, what I do matters. And when out of a bigger idea, other ideas come. And us as leaders is, is to... Uh, help facilitate that and give them the tools to execute on it. So you mentioned uh, ideas are free and um, and I don't think that we introduced what that is. Can you talk a little bit about what, what is uh, that book and uh, and what are we trying to implement that comes out of it? Sure. A uh, great book is written by Alan Robinson and Dean Schrader. I think you know, the, the premise is, is we all know that ideas are out there. They're every day. They sit within employees. Um, the key is how do we create environment that's a safe place for employees to, to bubble up their ideas. And I think, you know, from a cultural perspective and leadership perspective, we all get caught in the trap as leaders of pushing our ideas down or creating a push system uh, to where there could be resistance or where employees look at and say, well, I have a better way or a different way. So by giving that safe environment to employees to give us ideas, it creates more of a pull system and uh, as we use employees' ideas and we recognize the employees, it can, it can create an intrinsic award system versus a material award system. And it creates a, a repetitive loop. Um, I, I, I like to use that phrase where it's kind of like a savings account. Once you start saving, you want to save more. Once ideas start coming up from employees and are utilized, it creates that intrinsic desire to want to do more. So it creates... Three things you want to create that environment, and that's what the book really espouses: how to create a scalable environment where we ask for and act on uh, ideas. When you have these ideas, then the second, you know, how do you use them or develop your people through them? And then the you know the third is, is as leaders, our job is to champion those ideas. 
I think those are some of the big takeaways that I took out of the book. Well, and, and, and we, you know, we had an idea portal before and I, and I'm, and I'm happy to admit that we took it from a little bit different environment. When we were in SmartFlow, we wanted to be certain about the features that, uh, that we implement, that they're highly demanded by the customers. And then also what we've done, uh, we also wanted to slow down the customers that have gazillion of ideas and make sure that their ideas are important to others. So that's why we adopted the system from software development on sort of how to take ideas from the customers and then make features out of them. But the mistake that we made is that that really creates a lot of bureaucracy around the process. And, and we had this voting system and then there's committee and then that committee decides who implements it, which is basically a, a direct path to not doing it ever. So I'm glad that we pivoted from that because the, the magic that, as I understand it, in the idea implementation to drive employee ownership culture is really rapid implementation. And, and you have an idea implemented. The only thing that we want as an organization to have is the recording of how many ideas and how fast they were implemented. And the more, the better, and the, which department, hospital, or team is, is implementing ideas, the better. Then then congratulate them and uh, and celebrate it. So that's, I think, was a great pivot and, and we're still catching up on how to do it mechanically, how to do it at scale across the organization. But I really like the concept of this rapid idea implementation. And it seems like that uh, is probably a way to change management because what we see a lot in the consolidators, they will come in and say, here's our 100-day plan. And in that 100-day plan, they're trying to shove down the clinic's throat everything that they came up with and not necessarily something that the clinic came up with or want to do. So that, I think, is uh, even though we were you know, very practical about it and try to, to implement change management, even what I see is that at best what we're trying to do, it still needs more selling. It needs more buy-in from the clinic staff and uh and i think that that's uh that's where we need to get better at, and i hope that uh, the idea portal and the idea system will help us with that well, um something just to add on there i think it's kind of interesting where we're talking a lot about instilling culture and i think a lot of groups and, and people would think that you parse culture out to your people and culture team right um, and i think it's kind of neat that we're looking at operations and Steve running our operations within the clinics as a major portion of driving the the change in that culture. Um, and I think that kind of aligns with, you know, we are every person on here is an employee. We are just because we're not the employee in the clinic, every person's an employee and we have that same employee owned culture, that centric culture that we're bringing to the clinic. Um, we would hope that we would be able to instill that as well without just saying, Okay, culture falls on <laughs> the people with uh, HRIS and all those sort of letters behind their name. So um, really cool to see that that you're doing that, Stephen. Um, I know it's something that is a big lift, but it's it's definitely felt and appreciated when when people join on and and get get on board with that. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, um, I, I think one of the things I try to do, and I think we can probably all do a better job of it. Uh, there was to me one of, in the book a very powerful portal or way to get this done. And it was two words. It was just simply ask. Uh, I have to remind myself to, if there's a problem or if there's an issue or a direction we want to go, as opposed to, you know, as Ivan stated earlier, uh, a typical uh, consolidator or, or a reflex to push down 
hey, this is what we want to get done and this is what you're going to do is uh, to, to stop and then simply ask the people in the hospital, hey, this is what we want to do. What do you think? So and get there and that immediately opens the door to get their buy-in. So uh, it was two words I thought were very powerful. Uh, if you want to get something done, simply ask. If you have a great idea, you know, simply ask somebody what they think of it. Uh, so that was something I wrote down. <clears throat> Try to keep it as a post-it on the side of my monitor when I'm talking to people. Steve, simply ask. So, so I want to uh, maybe conclude because we're almost up in time with uh, sort of another definition of these ideas and how do we perceive them now instead of like, what is the big idea, how to drive my, you know, 20% of the business. Those are all cool things. Those are all your value creation plan items and your growth levers. And that's something that uh, that you need to have as a part of the strategy. But the secret in the productivity of any company and, and what I liked actually in that uh, book as well, what they were talking about, you know, we came out with let's do telemedicine. Well, there's many companies that can hear that and be like, we also will do telemedicine. But what is not possible to replicate by the competition is million of small ideas improvements every day. Nobody can copy that. So that is a true way of competitive advantage. And uh, and what I really like um, about the different definition of it. So so a colleague of mine, Beth Davido, she's uh, she was a leader in one of the hospitals in Seattle. I'm constantly stealing her definition of this. She calls it pebbles in your shoes. So basically, what are those day-to-day -day annoying things like pebbles in your shoes that you just want to take out so you can walk comfortably? And that comparison really stuck in my head because it's not the big aha moment. It's, I hate this. This is annoying. This is what I want to change. And go ahead and do it. So that's that's how I, I'm hoping that the teams are going to be focusing on generating ideas. Hopefully, we we'll, can catch at least and monitor how productive they are. And in fact, it's one of the four quadrants of our uh, soon coming balance scorecard is how many ideas were submitted and how many ideas were implemented across the organization. We ran up on time. Steve, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, we're hoping to see you here again. There's there's lots of things coming up in 2023. They're all exciting. And we really appreciate your time. Right. Thank you. Had a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at galaxyvets.com.